You are listening to the Talk Art Podcast, produced by three ne'er-do-well filmmakers at Walk Softly Films. On our first episode, post-Super Bowl, we give our most controversial sports takes. We talk about our worst theater experiences we've ever had. A little tough love for Ben Affleck. Some Marvel movie minutes. And we talk about the movie that Todd forced us to watch, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Let's get right to it. we got a lot to talk about. Let's go to your host, Alan Martin. They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. We'll make a film about a man that's sad and lonely. And all I gotta do is act naturally. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Talk Hard. Presented by Walk Softly Films, 29th edition. Uh, mm. Guys, it's getting crazy in here. Mm. Uh, Adam Carolla just went and did his uh, 2000th episode, so we're nipping at his heels. We are. A little bit. Gaining, yeah. gaining ground. That's right. Look out, Carolla. Um, thank you guys, as always, for listening and sharing and telling your friends. Uh, feel free to write us a review or rate us on the iTunes. We appreciate it. And that's how we get out there. And that's how we make the big bucks. Um, guys, I think we're going to introduce ourselves to the fans today by uh, letting people in on a, a little secret about ourselves that nobody else may know. Mm. Uh, just a little fun fact about yourself. I'll, I'll start. I'm your host, Alan Martin. And um, I have never not once ever in my lifetime raised the roof. <laughs> wow. Even as a joke? No, never did it. No. And I and it's been a conscious effort to never do it so that at one point when it would become something to talk about, I could say, you know, I've never done that. And today is that day. Now it's payday. It's it's paying. That's right. The chickens are coming home to roost. <laughs> I've never raised the roof in my life. I think I have to imagine that the audience as a whole applauds you right now uh, and <laughs> appreciates that kind of... Uh, commitment? Yeah, commitment and, and uh, discipline. Yeah, it's not been easy. Oh, there yeah. have been times. Uh, I was I was actually on the dance cam at a uh, exhibition, the NBA exhibition game at, at Rupp Arena, and I can't tell you how tempted I was. <laughs> to raise that roof but i didn't do it yeah wow That's, so 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 the dream sequence in cannonball you were just you were kind of doing a wave back and forth, right, right that did yeah my my palms right. were kind uh -huh. of towards the screen okay uh, weren't up in the air so and i almost did it just now like pantomiming <laughs> what it wasn't what i wasn't doing but i didn't do it well so. i i feel like you're free to you're free to raise it all day now you know i gotta keep the streak alive man. okay all right that's some record though i mean you know if I could go on my deathbed and, and say, <laughs> you know what I never did? It's going to be on your One tombstone. One of these things. That's right. Alan Martin so, uh, never raised right. the roof. So uh, one of the other voices you hear there, all the way from uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky, Scott Stafford. Scott, what are you, you going to tell the fans oh. about yourself when we pull back the – when we peel those layers of – of Stafford. I'm, you know, I'm a humble man and it's, this is kind of embarrassing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to tell everybody that mm. I'm probably the world's greatest laser tag player, but, <laughs> um, 
I wish I could dispute that. <laughs> but I saw it in all its glory last weekend, and it was impressive. You know, sometimes people, everybody is is born with the ability to do something great like and and some and you, know, you just don't know what that talent is and some people probably never discover what their you know what their true calling is and i feel like maybe right. i you know maybe i've been missing like are, are is there a league out there is there a professional league that i can get into how, but, how long has it taken you to come back down off that high after you I'm, just completely rolled through the field <laughs> i'm still and, Riding that crest, man. I'm, there's <laughs> nightly dreams about it. Um, so, so I just, just, just so the audience can hear it, not, not for my gratification. Why don't you? Why don't, what, what, oh, what, course, what were your yeah. all scores? Um, you know, I really can't remember. <laughs> it wasn't that important. <laughs> uh, I okay. So there were were there thirty people in there, or was it at least thirty people? It was the full house. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we went to a gaming place in Louisville. What was it called? Main uh, event. The main event. Main event, and it had bowling and laser tag and video games and pop a shot and whatnot. So okay, uh, so yeah, go ahead. The game before the one that we played, we were watching the screen as we were getting ready to enter, and you were noticing the fact that uh, Rambo was was racking it up and like yeah and you were pointing out the fact like man this guy is is dominant i believe his high score when he got done was somewhere around three thousand something 2850 if i recall 20, correctly 2850 yeah uh my uh, my score and the, and we had watched a few scores we before had that rambo's was the highest we saw yeah at 2850 yeah six thousand two hundred something scott stafford six thousand <laughs> Wow. Nearly tripled the top score that we had seen on the day. So it was incredible. It was something to watch. That's what people might not have known is that I'm a, I'm a stone cold laser murderer. You're so, well, I tell you what, you're if, some uh, of a, of a prodigy. <laughs> you might, you might've had somebody nipping at your heels. If all the overweight kids that were there that day weren't after me for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if they, I don't know if it's pheromones or if they saw me as some kind of um, mentor type that they had to beat out to become the king of the hill. I don't know. Well, but uh, let me while just he's say talking this. there, let's let's say uh, let's go ahead and introduce you right here in Danville, Kentucky, the uh, ultra paranoid of all the chubby kids in Louisville, uh, Todd Sheen. That's right. That's right. I guarantee you, some of them are from Shelby County, though. Maybe so. Yeah, because you know how it is over there. No, no shout out to Shelby or anything. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Todd so, Sheen, do you have a fun fact you want to share with all the fans? Golly, a fun may fact. Not know. Um, well, um, I guess, I guess probably, I have never purchased and eaten. Kipper snacks in my life. <laughs> kipper snacks. <laughs> What's a kipper snack? Um, it's it's gonna be in your aisle right next to your sardines and hmm. your um and your uh, Vienna sausages probably. Yeah. What uh, what I, is it? What is it? Well, it's that? some kind of faux fish, I think, or um, yeah. it's it's pro it's I'll, well, it's some kind of compressed fake aquatic meat 
Well, it's in a tiny compressed can, vacuum I, sealed. I'm sure. I hate. I hate to be that guy. Don't want but, to take the steam out of his. But I'm pretty sure everybody talking on this podcast right now could claim your fun fact. <laughs> well, I'm just. I'm just. I got to be me. Okay. That's so, fine. That's fine. If that's what you got, I, then uh, there you go. I've had. I've had. I've had uh, sardines aplenty. Mm. Okay. And I've I had. Uh, I've no, had underwood. I've had underwood deviled ham. Yeah, I may yeah. have done deviled ham. Nope, me, but, I have not. No, have no, not. no potted potted meats. I didn't. I don't. I'm, no. No potted meat, really. No, daily fresh for me. I'm a snob. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, I didn't. Uh, I think, yeah, my my key was, you know, drawing the line at the kipper snacks. Mm. Okay, uh, well, there you go. Everybody's got their limits. Yeah, um, I'm telling you. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into some sports. Uh, we're going to get into a uh, an experience I had at a local at our local theater. We got some Marvel to talk, and among other things. But before we go too far, I think we need to address the oh. elephant in the room. Oh no! Um. So I don't mean to throw <laughs> one of my fellow podcasters under the bus here, but. Uh, <laughs> Somebody came up with the, the, the idea and an outline to, hey, let's dedicate a show to Jack Nicholson. Let's do an entire he, special. Let's do a whole show for Jack because he announced his retirement. Uh, either one of you, it's not me. Do either one of you all want to fess up to? Now, listen. Who, I who mean, decided to? I don't see how you're supposed to expect people to like read actual. <laughs> stories i mean when the 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 headlines are perfectly you know suitable yeah, yeah. To, to make an outline with you you don't give in to clickbait you read the headline and you move on <laughs> that's right when it, but when i mean in all fairness when the headlines and multiple headlines were definitive enough to say jack nicholson retiring from acting <laughs> i took it at face value like, well, I guess you learned your lesson, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because, because the day our 35-minute ode to Jack on his retirement dropped, the day it came out, <laughs> yep. the Tony Erdman remake starring Jack Nicholson and Kristen Wiig was announced on the same day. First of all, what the F is Tony Erdman? I've never heard of it. Me either. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one, and I didn't want to look it up because I wanted one of you all to tell me. Yeah, no. It's um, golly, it's um, oh, we're, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Great Britain that it uh, where it originated, but it's um, no, no, it's um, is it Germany or is maybe it's Dutch or something like that? You could but say anything. I believe you. I had not, I've never heard of. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a really you know popular film, I think. And, yeah, uh, over there with those people. Yeah. Must be, yeah, but is there anything more Walks Off Your Films podcast than us doing an ode to Jack, releasing it, and then it just completely getting blown up? Yeah, day of. Um, the, day, the day it came out. So <laughs> when you sent me that and we, we found that out, I did go and read the actual article to see like if I had just completely, you know biffed that as bad as I was apparently had. So what they were basing that on was an interview with Fonda. So uh, Peter Fonda 
had basically said, yeah, yeah, I think Jack's going to retire, or I think he's retired, and uh, he, I, I don't think he's going to work anymore. Just somebody asked him, and Fonda wow. says that, and then they, so they put out these stories with those, <laughs> that as the headlines, and... Uh, so nobody even consulted Jack. It was something yeah. Fonda said. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. And, I, and so I was, I was doing a little like trying to see if I could find a better story somewhere and, you know, and doing some searches. And, and so I found one where Jack, like maybe a couple of years ago had talked about retirement, um, in an interview and basically said he thinks retiring is stupid and why anybody would, he would never make an announcement about it. And, you know, if he ever, if he ever stops acting, he'll just stop and, uh, you know, and, and if something pops up one day that he feels like doing, he'll do it. And if he doesn't, he does, he doesn't. And so, it's even, well. you know, so, my goodness. Well, there you go, everybody. Save save episode 28 for the archive. <laughs> Someday. We <laughs> that's right. We're not oh. we're not going to we're not going to have it wiped from existence though and pretend that it didn't happen because that mm-hmm. we're we're just we're it, not those types. Right. No, we're not that. No. no we don't it, do that. it was heartfelt. It doesn't change what we said. Exactly. And he yeah, deserves yeah. his own show. That's right. Why not? So. Yeah. So anyway, there's that uh have a laugh at our expense, everybody. Um, let's move on. Um, so we're going to go off the grid a little bit here and do something we don't usually do, uh, and and talk a little talk a little sports. We are the rare hybrid of uh, movie nerds and sports fanatics, and I feel like coming off the greatest Super Bowl we've ever seen, why don't we just bring some heat and reveal what we feel like is our most personally what we feel like our most controversial sports take is hot sports um, takes hot sport here we go it's what everybody tunes in for <laughs> ah, i'm excited about this one but I'm we love about. we love sports and we don't care who knows that's right that's right um so uh do you all do you all have your sports like as soon as the super bowl was over everybody took to their various social medias to declare uh Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Or um, yeah, or the worst human that ever lived. One or the other. Yeah, or both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, and and I will uh, be completely honest, I was one of those that said the debate's over. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time now. Uh because it was an incredible comeback on, in in those in that situation on the biggest stage you could have it on. The dudes won five um with totally different teams nearly every time, and he didn't have his best receiver. Uh, in there with him. I mean, it was, it was insane. So we don't need to recap the Super Bowl, even though I just did. But <coughs> sport, hot sports takes. Do one of you all want to go first? Or you want me to go? I go last because I feel like I've got you all beat. Okay. No matter, no matter what you come out with, I feel like I'm gonna blow you all away. And... All right. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Todd? You want me to go, or you want to you want to hit it? I think. Uh... I think laser tag's gone to his brain. I think so too. <laughs> I think his hot sports take is he's the greatest laser tag player of all <laughs> That's time. That's right. Anywhere and I can equal, fit in, and that equals into everything. Everything I say is gold. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah, that's fine. He can go last. Okay. Will you want to go first? Um, sure. I mean, well, he's well. I'd hate. He's still he's feel... still formulating his. Okay. No. Nah, well, I've. I, I, you got it. By, I think I know. Okay. I do know. All right. I do know. All right. All right. Let's, let's hear it. And and I and I don't have any problem saying it. And you know what? There's nobody that can say anything to me <laughs> that's going to make me change my mind. Because you mm. all know me. Bring the heat. And Bring the heat. I, <laughs> I, I go to a used car lot, 
I dare somebody to try to make me buy a car. Um, anyway, so <laughs> my take on this is that the NBA through from, let's just say, 79 uh, through the 80s is an era that will never be touched ever again in the history of pro basketball. Hmm. Um, no, no, no players, no groups of players, no teams will ever come close to the level of true, uh, action, um, sportsmanship, trash talking, (laughs) all that stuff, teamwork. It will never, ever be equaled ever again. As long as the NBA is around. It will never, ever be close. Wow. All right. So Todd Sheen says, Man. 80s NBA never will be surpassed. Never. Wow. There's no better era of pro basketball and never will be. Never will never be. Never will be. Wow. Never. Never. <laughs> never. Ever. What do you think, Alan? You, 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 do you dispute this? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, if I agree with that, or I, I don't know. It's hard to argue. Like, I really do think it is it is as much fun to watch right now as it has been in a long time. But, yeah, those those days in the 80s uh, with, where the scores were up in the 120s without overtime, and I don't know, it was pretty fun. All right. Um, now rate his, uh, rate his take uh, from 1 to 10 on the controversy scale. Oh gosh! <laughs> Out of one to ten, yep, ten's flaming. Yep, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a six. Yeah, that's about where I am. Yeah, yeah. You guys stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's above average. <laughs> it's it's way it's way above average. Let me let me say, and I'll tell you why because okay. everybody's Braun Braun this, and everybody's <laughs> Michael Jordan this, and everybody's all you know. I'm sorry, no, it's not that. You don't have we don't have we don't have one dominating team uh, at all. But yet, but yet, you would think. They didn't play basketball before the Chicago Bulls played in the '90s, <laughs> did they? I'm just gonna nobody, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody played before LeBron played. I'm just gonna assume that there's a a decent percentage of people over the age of forty that would agree with you. Yeah, I think so. so that's why I'm that's why I'm gonna keep it at a six. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm having a hard time arguing with it. So. Alan's and I really want to. Let's look. Go on. ahead, argue. All right, my turn. Hot take. Here we go. Speaking of uh, that era of basketball and Michael Jordan, I'm going to say, in my opinion, Michael Jordan is not only – a lot of people regard him as the GOAT, and I hear it over and over. Uh-huh. I'm going to say not only is he not the greatest player of all time, I'm going to say he's not top five in players <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Woo! And you can take that to the bank, and I'll name the top five right now. All right, all right. Bill Russell, mm-hmm. Wilt Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. I, all five of those would be. And wow. I'm going to tell you, by the time LeBron's done, he's going to be. I'll rate him above <laughs> Michael Jordan. 
Man, I'm feeling a lot of a lot of sour grapes, bulls versus jazz. <laughs> there might be a little Finals. resentment, but okay. Here's the thing: it, it it's all going to depend on how you would define the greatest player of all time. If you're going to go by sheer dominance, it's probably Wilt. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go by championships, it's obviously Bill Russell. The dude has 11; he can't yeah. even fit them all in his fingers. If you're going to go by numbers, it's Oscar Robertson. Averaged a triple-double. I think if Larry and Magic Johnson hadn't have been going against each other, each of them would have had more than more than more titles than Michael Jordan. Yeah. If they had yeah. had the era, if those two had played in the era that Michael played in where he didn't really have a, a he didn't have to battle anybody for supremacy, Michael had no rival. Larry had Bird, I mean Bird, Bird had Magic, Wilt had mm-hmm. Russell. Who did who did Michael Jordan have? I'll tell you who he had. <laughs> Gary Payton. Gary, exactly, and Sean Kemp. The Rain and there Man. There you go. The Rain Man. There you go. Duncan so, Dutchman. They. I don't know how many. I don't know how many championships that the Bulls won, but did they ever play the same team twice in the championship? If they did, it was maybe once. All right, Utah. They played Utah twice. Yeah. But but Michael also benefited from playing in an era where the the league expanded. Uh, in 89 with the Magic and the Wolves, and in 95 with the Raptors and Grizzlies. So the league was so watered down at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, that's when he, and that's when he shone the brightest. So, yeah, I, I don't give Michael Jordan any credit, and I think he's way overrated, and I can't stand him as a human or a player. Not top five. All right. There you go. All right, Todd. Michael Jordan, not only not the greatest of all time, but not in the top five. Where do you rank it on the controversial scale? I'm throwing you know fire. What? You know what? I'm going to agree with Alan because I don't like him either. Well, that's fine. You might agree. But on, on the controversy scale, yeah. I, I think it's probably controversial because I think I think I think I think most people think that right. Jordan's the greatest that ever ever yeah. played the game. Yeah. And I'm, we all all the real all the real people know that's not true. I'm going to give I'm going to uh, give it a 9. Yes. Because I'm about to bring a 10. Oh, look at this. <laughs> wow. Well, if you're going to give that nine, then mine needs to at least come up to eight <laughs> and not be three down and then four down from your magical um, nah, you know, you're daredevil, a, you're a solid daredevil six. numbers there at the laser <laughs> farm. So. Man, Scott is ready to drop some napalm. You ready? Are you Let's ready? hear it. Yeah. All right. I think. I mean, who knows? With all... So let's talk football. We've been on basketball. With all of the uh, the, the the controversy um, and concern surrounding concussions uh, in the NFL, if they chose one day to, uh, or if they left it up to me, let's say that Scott's in charge. Yes, yeah, Scott's in charge. What should we do about this? I would be completely happy to disband the NFL forever and it no longer exists if those kids started playing soccer. Oh, good <laughs> yeah. gracious. Yeah, I'm willing, this is my take, I'm willing to give up the NFL forever to get those kids into U.S. soccer and possibly increase our aptitude at that game. You would be more hated than Trump. <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt. 
Golly, that's that's the worst sports take I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the best sports take. Like all these that's... people having head injuries, ruining their quality of life. We're headed in that direction anyway. Let's just speed it up. Let's just kill it. Let's just kill the oh league. Gosh. And then World Cup championships. Now I gotta admit that's controversial because you there would you would be the most hated man in America if you were able to make that happen. <laughs> like, know, if you were the face of that movement, everyone would hate you. People are retiring early. Uh, pro football players won't let their kids play the game. We're we're headed in this direction anyway. Let's just go ahead and do it. It's the most popular sport in the world. Soccer, American NFL football. Wrong. That's way wrong. That's way wrong. No, look at the ratings. Yeah, nothing gets higher ratings. No, that's incorrect. Like, uh, if you do look up, look them up worldwide. We're talking worldwide ratings, not American ratings. But if you look at even the Super Bowl, which gets like a you know forty five million, some of even the lower tier uh, matches in like the Euros and. And uh, World Cup beat the Super Bowl easily. So when you're talking worldwide ratings, I need some numbers. <laughs> I refuse to. I refuse to believe that. As far as controversial, it's you're up there, man. We think. We think, Todd. I'd give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you this: If this were to go into effect, would this mean that we wouldn't have to see any more of those lame? Kentucky football hype videos that they pay Super Bowl money for. <laughs> yeah. Just tell yes. me if that, yeah, I can, I can that make that happen. Part, if that's part of the equation, then I'm all for it. If that'll get well, you on board. They, it would just be lame Kentucky soccer videos. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah. What's worse? Yeah. Oh, gosh, you're right. I mean, mm. Mm. all right. Scott, mm. do you have any hard numbers for me or, or yeah. can we just say that? Let's see. Uh, just uh, the first one that pops up on Google um, worldwide uh, Super Bowl 44, 106 and a half million people watched Super Bowl 40, 44. Ooh. Yeah. 106 and a half million. Mm-hmm. All right. World viewership for the 2006 World Cup uh, estimated at 26.29 billion. That's garbage. Gar- <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> so there you go. All right. We're, after that fake news, we're moving on. Um, let's take a break. All right. That's, okay, let's take a break. Let's do it. Um, we'll be right back. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you all about a not-so-fun time I had at the theater this weekend when we, get, when we come back. Oh, that's and we're going to try to figure out what the H is wrong with Ben Affleck. So... That's a tease right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, let's do that when we come back. You're listening to Talk Hard. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Talk Hard, presented by Walk Softly Films. Um... Guys, I went to the movies this weekend here at our local Danville, Kentucky cinemas, and um, I want to hear your all's worst theater experience after I tell you what I (laughs) endured this weekend. So we went to watch 
First of all, have you all seen John Wick or John Wick 2? I've seen the first one. Did you like it? Uh, meh. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Todd, did you see it? I have not seen either. Yeah. I really liked it. Like, it's kind of my thing. I, I like the BA movies, and I thought it was it was kind of, like, goofy as far as the concept goes. Um, him going nuts because somebody killed his dog. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, John Wick 2. <clears throat> uh, better than the first. Mm. Despite this experience, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. It's really good. And uh, if we could do a little revisionist history on our Mount Rushmore for VAs, I'd probably uh, kick Jason Bourne off mine and add John Wick after John Wick 2. But that being said, okay, let me set the scene. So we get there. I always like to get to the movies kind of early so I can get the primo seats. So we get there pretty early. There's four or five people in the theater, but we get the seats we pretty much want. Um, in comes a family. When I say a family, let me remind you, John Wick is rated R for strong violence. Mm-hmm. A family walks in consisting of a mom, a dad, and what had to be at most a four-year-old little girl and oh. sits four seats down from us. Good grief. So I'm already like, everything that happens that I know this kid is watching is going to bump me a little bit. Like, that's going to bother me uh, to know that this four-year-old little girl is watching John Wick blow people's brains against walls for for two hours. So they're sitting three or four seats down from us. In walks another dude with his uh, his big, large Pepsi. For the first 45 minutes of the movie, he's raising the thing up and down to make like if you're tickling the donkey what it would sound like <laughs> he's making that noise mm-hmm. uh he does that for the first 45 minutes in the movie the guy comes somebody comes in and sits right behind me <laughs> <laughs> this dude like there's this we're, we're sitting there early enough before even the pre-previews come on with all those terrible advertisements that, that they play mm-hmm. so this guy sits down behind me and decides well there's nothing to entertain me Guess I'll just pull up some Jeff Foxworthy bits on the phone <laughs> and play them at full blast. What? Wow. So, yeah. So he's back there yucking it up until the preview starts on, on his, with his Foxworthy, entertaining the masses. Once the uh, movie starts, this guy is talking at a volume like he's sitting in his living room talking to his wife about how their day is gone. And he is, in his own mind, an expert on all things assassins. <laughs> of course, like he is. John Wick is a movie about assassins trying to kill each other, and this dude knows all about the assassins and the way of the assassin. And he is obsessed. You know, in the movie, um, they have the the hotel, the Continental, mm-hmm. where assassins can't kill each other. It's safe ground. It's like if you're playing hide and go seek, it's base or whatever. Mm. This dude loves the rules of the Continental and wants to keep referring to, he's got to get to the Continental. He'll get to the <laughs> Continental. He can't do it because they're in the Continental. Like every 15 minutes, he wants to reference the Continental. Mm-hmm. That's the dude behind me. But the kicker, that's not even the worst guy. Mm-hmm. One seat leaving me a, 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 a little bit of man space in between me and this other guy. He sits down next to me and through the duration of the film, he is able to run the full <laughs> cycle 
of bodily noises. <laughs> there is not a noise that you can exert from your body that this man did not make. All right. He oh. sniffed, he sneezed, oh, yeah. he chewed, he smacked, he coughed, burped, pretty sure he farted. He yawned really loudly and his stomach made three different kinds of gurgles or growls. Like he ran the gauntlet of bodily noises. And this is a loud movie and I could hear them all. So did he uh, did he happen to have a bag of candy corn that he was eating? From? Well, hold on, don't 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 uh, give away our stories now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that that does remind me the woman behind me sitting with the assassin expert uh, must have had uh, a package of Twizzlers that she was epically struggling with for about 10 minutes because she also um but but she was so far down the list of things that were distracting. And yet I still enjoyed the movie, so I can't wait to watch it when I can actually not have those distractions. But if that's not my worst theater experience, it's definitely top three. Yeah. So the guy mm. that uh, the assassin expert was, yeah. was he, he was also the Jeff Foxworthy watcher. Same guy. Yeah. So, I mean, he must have the shortest attention span on earth, right? <laughs> like if he loves John Wick that much. Yeah. That he studied it. And yet he still can't keep keep off them Jeff Foxworthy videos for five yeah. minutes. Yeah. The thing was, there's no way, like, all the things he was saying were super obvious, but he was saying them in a way to, like, yeah, I know what's happening here. Like, yeah. this is a little inside baseball in the assassin world, but I, I, I kind of know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that's pretty bad. Pretty <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, it was, I mean, I tell you, to have I, one of those things going on is, is rough. I had all five. <laughs> I tell you, I, there's nothing worse than being psyched up to go see a movie and then that happened. But at the same time, and the last thing you want to do is try to come back. But I'm telling you, I would have gone and got my money back and come back another time because that's 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 like a, that sounds like the equivalent of Hurricane Katrina <laughs> in a movie house. It was Hurricane Wick for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was it was a rough go. Yeah, I would have had to. I would have had to make a return trip, and and I would yeah. hate to do that. But I would not want to sit in in that. You know, sounds like the uh, hall of uh, hall of doom. So Todd, <laughs> Todd, for yours, are you going with uh, candy corn and and uh, is that is that going to be yours? Well, I'm gonna. I think I'll let you have that one okay. because uh, the one the one that probably comes to mind. And it, well, it comes to mind. Because that guy was kind of entertaining, you know. Mm -hmm. As much as it, yeah, it right. bugged the living snot out of me, yeah. it, it was still kind of entertaining. <laughs> I took my nephew to see Minority Report at the Danville Cinema 4 um, back whenever it was released. So that's early 2000s, I guess. Um, and we were sitting, I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, they were they were actually, it was, it was a full house. And we were actually... Uh, my nephew and I were sitting kind of the first two seats next to the aisle and there was this family of I think probably three uh, it was like an older older uh, mother and father with like a middle aged son and they were sitting there and no kidding basically um it was basically like they were um, uh, English descriptive service. 
the whole movie. <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, look at that. He's got a he's got a laser pistol. <laughs> well, look at that laser pistol. Oh, well, gosh, he's flying. He's got rocket shoes. And then they would say something, and it's, he'd say something like, "Well, you're gonna get it," and he's like, "Oh, well, you're gonna get it." <laughs> and so that it was back and forth. It was the whole movie. Couldn't yeah. couldn't really concentrate on the movie. And so I was, I, I couldn't, I was whispering over to Benjamin, I'm like, I can't believe this is going on. Well, I get up and I'm leaving when the, when the credits start rolling and I look and I can't see Benjamin and I look back, he is, he's still sitting in the seat, but he turns to the family and says, if I wanted to listen to a commentary, I'd wait and watch this when the DVD came out. <laughs> he said, what the H is wrong with you people? Wow. And, he, and then I was, of course, turned and ran as fast as I could. In the lobby. <laughs> Man, that, so, he's a hero. He is a hero. He is a hero. But I, and those, those people were in shock. I don't think, I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't guess they get out of the house much, whatever, but I don't <laughs> think they knew what to think that some kid had actually called him like that because I mean, <laughs> he's good stuff. I don't even think, I don't even think they responded. It was just kind of like, go. So <laughs> honestly, yeah, I dug it. I dug it, but I was also <laughs> afraid I was going to get rolled on. They looked like they owned a farm or something. So yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty bad experience. I'll ready to six. Scott, what you got? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a six, huh? Another six. <laughs> yeah, it's a six. <laughs> <laughs> laser both of you jack <laughs> uh just like todd said yeah this is this wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me but it's probably one of my favorite stories uh okay so first of all walked a mile uh to watch a movie at the orleans <laughs> casino in las vegas uh because that's where uh todd and i had to go for a a we got sent separately, but we were at the same place for a work conference. Uh, so that's why we're in Las <clears> Vegas. <throat> and so um, we go watch a movie. There's three people in the in the, the theater at the Orleans, <laughs> and it's me, Todd, and an older gentleman um, behind, or directly behind us. Did, were, were we sitting down first, and he came in after us and sat down directly behind us? Compl- yeah, there were at least 487 seats available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he picks the one right behind us. Right, right, yeah, right behind Todd. <laughs> okay, so we probably get maybe three minutes into the movie, and then all of a sudden we hear the Ziploc bag come out. Uh, took mm. a peek back there to see what what he was what he was going to town on, and see that it was like uh, it, I don't know if it was a gallon size, but it was e- at least the big medium sized Ziploc bag full of nothing but candy corn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was ready. He was ready. Uh, so, and this is in this is in uh, this is in April when yeah. candy corn is not readily it's, available. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. He had to work to get that candy corn. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, this man, I would bet, loves Captain America maybe more than any other individual on the planet. Um, yeah, he was in the bag for this movie from the get go. And, uh, he, he was just so sold on it and he was, and it wasn't outrageous, his, his comments and things, but he was just, he was just enjoying it so much. And it was a lot of, it was a lot of lower register approval and, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, 
and you know and something happened that would be fun lots of black widow remarks (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of yeah through the teeth laughing and yeah and and captain america would do something he liked and he (laughs) (laughs) called him by name Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, and the our favorite one. It was throughout the movie, uh, but our favorite one is is kind of early in the movie when yeah, the Black Widow pulls up and and she gets kind of uh, a little sassy with Steve and a little flirty with the Falcon and and says you know and says something and uh, and then, oh yeah and and then later when they kiss, uh, but but he yeah so he gives a little through the leaf uh, through the through his teeth laugh about about black widow there he was he was he was digging her right from the beginning <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then so later when it, when they kiss man you could tell he was hoping his boy steve was gonna get some action you know some of that action there like you know like he knew it he knew widow couldn't resist steve for much longer so when she when she on they're on the escalator and they're trying to evade uh you know agents and uh, mm, and mm. she she grabs him and kisses him and it was mm. what what was it I was like mm. oh. mm. <laughs> yeah yeah it was <laughs> highly descriptive yeah, yeah, it was. yeah it was he was he was very approving <laughs> one of those dudes that could just say anything with a grunt yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Black and you had to, we, I, I think we had the we had the feeling that he was probably a veteran yes, yes. or at least a, a wannabe veteran yeah. you know yeah cuz so. when yeah when when Captain America and the Falcon would be talking about like the service and their days in it he was he was definitely feeling like one of the gang uh, <laughs> you know he was he was right there with them yeah. about about having you know their pillows were too soft and stuff and uh, but yeah, he was he was he was digging that man, and he <laughs> he knew she couldn't resist him. It was it was uh, he was he was loving it. That's pretty good. And you gotta you gotta really appreciate uh, Marvel for making this man feel a part of the Marvel mm-hmm. universe like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we talked about some uh, bad times on our side of the screen. Let's talk about somebody who's having a rough go of it on the other side of it. How about that for a segue? Mm, pretty good. <laughs> What's going on with Ben Affleck? What the H? Okay, so can we can we go down the spiral of where it started to now and then try to figure it out? The dude's directorial debuts were great. Yeah, yeah. He started out on top with Gone Baby Gone and The Town, which I really liked all those, and Argo won Academy Awards, correct? Mm-hmm. 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 So he, the dude is, he can't miss. I think when we did our episode of directors that you for sure would go see their movie just because they directed it, Ben Affleck, I said he's close to making my list. Yeah. Because of those movies, those three movies. Um, then he does uh, Batman vs. Superman. And that thing is a big pile that we've shoveled uh, repeatedly on this podcast. Um, but I think he was pretty gen- generally liked uh, in his portrayal of Batman. Um, you think that's right? Yeah, I, think, I would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially considering the angst <clears throat> that people poured out, bef- like when he was named Batman. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And people say, well, if there's one good thing about it, it's probably, it's probably uh, uh, Ben Affleck playing Batman. That's the only good thing, redeeming thing about this movie. So then he decides he's going to direct, write and direct and star in the Batman movie for DC coming up. Um, but then Live by Night, he does. The, the gangster movie that just came out. Nobody saw it. It tanked. It was terrible. And Ben got a little pouty about it in some interviews. <laughs> yeah. Got a little, yeah, I mean, he just, I don't know, got a little whiny, a little defensive about it. And people were asking him about Batman at interviews for Live by Night. And he, he was got, got kind of ugly with some folks. Mm-hmm. Um, then the accountant comes out and it's not good. Those two came out about the same time, right? Did the accountant come out a little first, a little bit before that one? I think live by night. I think so. I think yeah, yeah they were close. But both yeah, of them, accountant came out first, yeah. But both of them were not received well, and I think thought to be pretty bad. So those two not good. Then it just is announced this week. He um, this within the last couple of weeks he decided he is dropping out of directing Batman. Um. They picked up Matt Reeves to direct it, and now there's some a little bit of scuttlebutt that he might be dropping out of the role altogether. Whoa, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, um, I saw it on. Uh, I can't remember the website. I will look it up. But uh, what, yeah, what in the world was it? A, was it an interview with Peter Fonda? <laughs> you know, I just saw the headline. I didn't click through. It's a good chance he's. Uh... <laughs> He's got I think I think the quote was if Chris Kristen Wig is not is if she's not my cat woman, then I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well there you go. Sorry, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> so what what do you all make of that? Like what's happened to Ben? He was on top of the world in Hollywood. And it has been a <clears throat> downward spiral for him. Yeah, I think it's a case of you gotta know your lane. And yep. and Affleck has had you know, incredibly varying fortunes in this business because uh, you started out on top of the world. You couldn't start it off any hotter than than they did, than him and uh, Damon did with Goodwill Hunting and winning an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, That's huge for screenplay, right? Yeah, Is they were. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. best yeah. original screenplay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you know you kind of he languished for years after that, you know, and, and tried to get into the superhero game and, and that sort of thing and be an action star. And that wasn't really working out for the guy. And everybody kind of, I feel like, you know, everybody looked at him as kind of a, a hack or a joke and he married JLo and, yeah, you know, and he was kind of her puppet a little bit for a while. And, yeah. And then he starts directing and then all of a sudden it was like people just like are you know the, the those movies are so well received they start looking at him as like you know bought in like he's an artist and they start looking at him in a completely different way you know almost overnight like you know <clears throat> Ben Affleck like it would be a popular opinion of Ben Affleck you know from uh 180 as much as anything I can I can think of in the business, you know, from as far as like you, you sometimes you get the other way around from positive to negative, but I don't know if I've ever mm-hmm. seen somebody go from negative to positive so completely and you know as quickly as he did. Um, and that was that was in the director's chair, and so yeah, I don't know if he needs to maybe 
but he's he's got an Oscar, you know, to his writing credit. Uh, so, but you know, he needs to choose his acting roles very very carefully. I think. Yeah. And his, you know, in the writing, maybe maybe you focus on the directing and and leave the scripts up to somebody else. I don't know because, yeah, Live by Night, thirty four percent on the tomato meter. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah, not great. And, and the accountant, uh, did he just act in the accountant? Um, I think, I yeah, think so. yeah, yeah. With, uh, with, with what's her name from, uh, uh, pitch perfect. So you've got to recognize that I'm recognize that, uh, I'm perceived as now a serious, legitimate director, not even of like a movie that'll make money. Like I'm a critical darling. Yeah, in the director's chair, you can't allow yourself to be in the accountant. You're killing yourself. Like yeah. really, you you read that script, and my <laughs> my character is an autistic guy who's a genius at numbers and also an assassin. Yeah, like nope. Yeah, you, you got to turn away from that one, man. You got to recognize I'm sitting pretty, and and what people want you to be. Uh, and it, I mean, if you want to stay on top of the world, you do. You gotta, yeah. you gotta make your decisions based on that. But if you don't care and you're just like, yeah, I want to play a assassin accountant, then you know, okay, go for it. But you're gonna take a hit. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard somebody's theory was that every now and then, for guys like Affleck that can kind of get a little puffy, mm-hmm. that sometimes a script will come across your desk that you know. If you take it on, like there's going to be a clause in there that says you'll get a personal trainer for six weeks to get yeah. you back in good shape. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they do it for that reason. Yeah. Th- that honestly, that makes more sense than anything I can think of as to why he did that <laughs> at that point. Yeah. But you know, if if you're Batman, it seems like you know, <laughs> yeah, you're covered as far as right. the, the trainers yeah, that's go. True. That's true. So yeah, I, I think you know, I think probably, and I, and this is just a guess, but I mean, it it seems like after he, you know, after he took on, you know, you know, he he signed on to do Batman, and then and then we heard that oh well he's gonna and he's gonna maybe direct. Okay, great, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. And I think one of the things that some of the few things that we said at the time uh, early on, because this is, I mean, this is after, um, you know. Batman versus Superman was man. This is a this can only be bad for him. It's not going to make him any better. It's not going to make me make him a better director or more thought of director. It can only be more. It can only be a negative, really, more than anything. And I'm just wondering if maybe he just had second thoughts as soon as he signed up, and then you know, and then it's just been slowly trickling down. It's like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. You know, can I get out? you yeah, know, I, I, you know, I mean, I think he did a decent job in uh, B versus S, but at the same time, um, you know, he probably wouldn't have been my in my top five of people that I would had seen as Batman. He's the Michael Jordan of Batman, is what you're saying. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. He would, and and here's another great number that you all love, and that's six. Yeah, right. He'd probably be my sixth choice. Yeah. Okay. And I'll give him credit for. You know, I think he's a better Bruce Wayne than uh, mm-hmm. than Bale than Christian Bale yeah, is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So and a better better Bruce Wayne than George Clooney. Yeah, he just has to. 
he, he really has to pay attention to the roles he takes and be very yeah. careful with it because his range is, you know, it's it's narrow, man. It's it, limited, yep. It is, and he can do very well in a role, but it, it's not, yeah, he can't. It's, it's very uh, defined. It's a very small window into what he can nail, you know. So, yeah, he... he and it's probably difficult to recognize that that in yourself, especially when you have a string of huge success. Like, man, I can do anything and yeah. uh, and and take any role. But yeah, no, he doesn't fit in a lot of roles. You hear that, Ben? <laughs> we figured it out for we, you. We're giving you gold here, buddy. Yeah. So uh, you can thank us the next time you're up there on the uh, on the Academy Awards stage accepting. We gave uh, the next feature film that we, you direct. Yeah, we gave Johnny Depp some tough love. Yeah, and now now it's your turn. Yeah, and Johnny Depp's obviously gonna gonna go back to being um, being old Jack Sparrow. So yep. he listened to us. So there you go. And I know you. I know at least one of you all are looking forward to uh, to the new Pirates of the Caribbean. So there you go. Uh, didn't one of y'all say it's released? The least <laughs> the movie you're looking the least forward to. For 2017, I might. Have. <laughs> Did you say that, uh, Todd? If you didn't, it was pretty. Yeah, I was probably. I think. Name. I think my least favorite was Justice League that yeah, I was looking yeah. forward to. Yeah. My Maybe least. My least favorite up. was the Boss Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, wow. I hear. I hear that 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 could be the surprise hit of the season. Look at that. I got I got fussed at by uh, Courtney Whitfield a little bit for uh, yeah 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 she, she she says the boss baby looks good well good for her because I love Alec Baldwin <laughs> so even though his Saturday Live this weekend was terrible oh, did y'all watch it? it no I haven't seen it yet Mm-mm. ugh it's not good that's a shame uh, yeah there were a couple of good skits but when Alec comes on man the bar's high yes it is and, yeah it, it was some close. of the all time best episodes yeah and this one this one was going to be I wouldn't even say it's even sixth. So, um, well, let's move on from uh, from a DC guy to uh, hit a couple of Marvel points real quick. If you guys want to, you, y'all ready? Y'all want some Marvel minutes? Marvel <laughs> it's, minutes. It's been a while. Let's hit it. Yeah, let's do some Marvel minutes. Um, did either one of you all check out the uh, Infinity Wars teaser that that they dropped uh, last week? I did see that. Did you the watch little, it, Todd? The little featurette? Right, yes, the right. little featurette. Yes, yeah, a little three-minute thing on the first day of shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did. Did, uh, what, did you all take anything away from it? Not much. It, yeah. it, I, think it, I think it was a good little video to get people excited about knowing that we've started work on this, and it is, ex- right. it, it is exciting to see, like, uh, <clears throat> Downey and, and uh, Pratt together yes. and stuff like that. And yeah, that's one of the notes I made. Was one of the first clips they were sure to show mm. was Downey and Pratt and uh, and Tom Holland on the same same screen. And it looks like uh, you know probably a lot of it's going to be set in space, which would probably be fun to get the Avengers out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, um, Thanos's gold armor looked cool. Mm. I, I'm glad they went back with the gold because he, he I, that's the first time I'd seen that. I think right. <laughs> Now nah, look at this guy. This <laughs> is knowing grunts. Steve Rogers will take that gold armor and turn it into you know what. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, and also the the Russos uh, had a quote um, that I liked. They said, 
because of what Marvel's done over the last 10 years, uh, the next two Avengers films will be like nothing anyone has ever seen on film before. Whoa. Yeah, that was in that inter- that was in that featurette. That's strong, isn't it? Yeah, that's some hyperbole that's pretty right strong, there. Yeah. <laughs> nothing yeah. anyone has ever seen. Yeah. It worries me a little bit about mm. this because uh, to be honest, like I want this to be great and it is going it is fun that this is kind of the culmination of everything they've been working on, but man to mm. serve like this story, all those characters in this story is going to be so difficult. Like, as difficult as it was in the first two Avengers movies, and they did it better in the first than the second. Um, and, uh, you know, and to be honest, with Ultron and with Civil War, I'm a little tired of it. Uh, yeah. Don't think that those were the most successful things. Much more enjoyed smaller, scaled-down stories, like crossing over a few characters at a time instead of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I worry a little bit about this, especially because, like, you know, the the scheduling is a nightmare and they're not even going to be able to have everybody there when they need them at the same time so that you know they they're already doing things like planning in like you know shooting one person scene as they're talking to somebody else but they're not going to be there at the same time and you're going to be doing a lot of green screen stuff because of that mm-hmm. so I, I worry about you know there's potential yeah. there are pitfalls there right yeah um, but i you know, I'm not going to like just uh, poo poo it or, or not still be excited about it because I am. Um, but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot, a lot there to, to think about and what's going to happen in this. And, and because they do keep talking about it, but being a culmination and like you, you ask yourself questions like who, you know, are we going to be parting ways with a lot of these characters at the end of this? Yeah, and that is a big statement to throw out there. Yep. Nothing you've ever seen in film before. <laughs> right. Like, if they're trying to keep the expectations low... Yeah. Wow. We've seen I, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I, moving on a little bit, speaking of some high expectations, um, Guardians of the Galaxy had their test screening uh, last week. And also, speaking of reaching uh, uncharted territory the 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 scores from the screenings were higher than any marvel movie has ever been before in a test screen wow they scored mm. a perfect 100 in the test screen Holy cow. for guardians of the galaxy 2 and i don't want to get my hopes up that much on this because i'm already excited about it and, and it's hard after that though isn't yeah. it yeah it really is and and as well as he did on the last one i just i yes being a sequel, I, I don't want to go in expecting this is going to be even better than that was. Yeah. Tested higher than any movie in the company's nine year history with a perfect 100. So, um, mm. yeah, that'll get you excited. If you, if you were even on the fence, you got to be leaning towards, okay, this thing's going to be pretty awesome now. Yeah. And he's, he hasn't, James Gunn certainly hasn't shied away with, uh, from the comments about what he thinks he's made and how good no. it is. So, yeah. Um, just for comparison's sake, um, Argo, which we talked about, uh, was a 90. Uh, Deadpool, 96. Wow. The Conjuring, 91. Um, the heart, Let me see. The, the, highest, uh, the highest Marvel movie so far. Um, Iron Man 3 and The Avengers both were the highest so far. They tied at 93. So. Well, that's interesting that, I mean, cause it's, that shows you kind of the, the 
margin of error there because it's true the the audience at large for Iron Man three you know wasn't super enthusiastic about that movie. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, you can take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also like this article I read about it also mentioned like Forrest Gump got a pretty bad score. Um, oh yeah. Uh, in in a screening and uh, there was another one that got a really bad score that ended up being really good um so not perfect but it is an eye opener right yeah yeah so there you go uh do you want to take another quick break let's do that <laughs> come back and um we've still got the game to play which we've got a new title for and we'll present it to the fans you're listening to talk hard here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, riding down Santa Claus Lane. Blitz and blitz and all the hills are reindeer, pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing children. Welcome back to Talk Hard, everybody. Um, like I said before, we've got a, a we've got a new name for the game that's we began playing that's sweeping the nation, from what I understand. Let's do it. Tell Let's you got you got to tell everybody what this thing is called now. New name for the game, and we're willing to change it, but I like it. It's going to be tough. Even as good as the game, even as good of a name as that was. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We come up with a new name. We're going to call it Force Watch. <laughs> Let's do it everybody. Let's play some Force Watch. Obviously name that because uh, if you win the game, you get to force your opponents to watch whatever you want them to. So the winner of last the last game we played, uh, Todd Sheen channeled his inner Vin Diesel and got the closest Rotten Tomatoes score for Triple X. So he decided we were going to watch and talk about none other than Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. <laughs> that's right so i streamed it on uh i guess we can talk about how we watched it for this episode i watched it uh rented it on amazon um for three bucks in standard definition uh scott did how did you get it uh i watched it on daily motion as uh a uh todd sheen recommended was that the name of the website daily motion i think it was daily motion yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tried that, and it wouldn't work on my PlayStation, so I said, screw it. <laughs> three bucks, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. They can use that three bucks. That's right. That's right. Todd, did you watch it again? You probably have a VHS I, copy that you popped in. Actually, I have a DVD copy of it. There you it, go. Um, along with the first movie. Uh, they were they. It actually came out as a double-feature DVD set. Wow. Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Jackpot. And both, and let me just say this, it's got a commentary. <laughs> so were you, right, were man. you aware of, uh, the first one from like theaters? Do, like, yes. Okay. Quick, quick story about the first film. It came out in 84 and I was still, I guess I was still in high school. I remember hearing about the first movie and you know, people, it got such a, uh, it got people up in arms. It was in theaters for a week, and then there were people from uh, parent-teacher associations 
uh, signing petitions and got it pulled from the majority of the theaters that it was in. <laughs> wow. Um, and it had, and it was making, and it made decent money. And probably a lot of that was due to said, you know, yeah, controversy. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, it's the thing I mean, that could happen to a movie like that. Yeah. If you want to, you want to make a lot of money, then Hey, just, just talk about what, why you shouldn't go see it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm um, seeing whole, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I can't keep it in. I'm seeing on imdb.com right now, silent night, deadly night three and four. What? Yep. Oh, there's five. There's there five. is. So, there's see the fifth one now. Oh my yeah. goodness sakes! I will say this: Silent Night, Deadly Night four and five <laughs> are sequel in name only. They have nothing to do oh. with the what happened in the original. They didn't bring back Ricky or Chip. <laughs> Chip. Well, I think Chip. Chip ended up on the bad end of the old uh, battery charger. He did. I was just hoping for some kind of prequel. Uh, yeah, yeah, I Chip, mean, like, Chip you know, Chip amazing. could have turned into, like, you know, Voorhees. That's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, Chip was, a, he was an amazing character, though, wasn't he? All right, so before we dig yeah, into we'll this into that, yeah. too deep, can should one of us break it down for everybody that hasn't seen it? I'm sure everybody's seen it, but let's, let's, right. let's break it down but a little bit. It may have been a while, yeah, so let's, let's give them a little review. Yeah. Okay, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is the story of two brothers who were traumatized by the death of their parents, uh, who are killed on the roadside in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve by a guy dressed like Santa. He yeah. uh, immediately shoots the father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then sorry, pulls mom out of the car and rips her shirt open and then kills her, right? Like that's yeah. all like, yeah, yeah. He just rips her shirt open and then kills her. Just wants to yeah. get a quick a quick glimpse. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, he chokes her to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, chokes her to death. Right. Okay, so uh so the boys are sent to an orphanage and then they're raised uh, by very strict nuns who further traumatize them with their their punishment and uh discipline and uh, mother superior is very strict on them and uh the the boy the billy the older boy continues to see things that scar him and there's this whole thing about he's he's being completely warped by the discipline at this uh, mm-hmm. our orphanage all right so then you kind of skip forward to he's like i guess 18 maybe he's just left the orphanage or something like that he's working for a toy right. store and they and it's yeah. Christmas Eve, and they're like, "You have to dress up as Santa." And he doesn't bother to tell them that he might have a real problem yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, he does it. Hey, Billy, I got a job for you. Yeah, and uh, all the stuff comes together, uh, his past experiences and traumas, to flip the switch, and 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 he uh, the toy. Uh, store owner delivers a line that says something like, "You know what's supposed to happen on Christmas Eve, right?" And uh, and Billy <laughs> and Billy's like, "Yeah, the, he knows. He knows. Yeah, uh, that I'm supposed to go on a murderous uh, rampage." Yeah, and it ends with him wanting to kill, going on a murder spree, and then coming back and wanting to kill Mother Superior. Yeah. at the uh, orphanage, but he gets gunned down before he can do it. This is all in flashbacks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, all you see flashbacks, all yes. of it, which some of the audience has already seen from the first <laughs> right. movie. So he, you go for the rest of the movie, he's killing a bunch of people and 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 yelling, punish, when he does it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's saying. And naughty. Naughty. <laughs> punish. <laughs> uh, Steve Rogers. 
And so the second movie is Ricky, the younger brother, recounting all this and a bunch of stuff that he has would never have seen or know should have happened. But he <laughs> he tells it to us anyway. Uh, but just like Todd said, it starts off in a psychiatric facility and he's, he's telling all this to his, what did they say, 13th psychiatrist, something like that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that's the whole front end of the movie. The first act is nothing but, uh, maybe even the first half of the movie is nothing yeah. but, but recounting the first movie and what happened to Billy. Then the second half of this movie is Ricky's story, the younger brother, about how he got, uh, he was adopted after that by a good family, but he's still, all this, his trauma was untreated. So when his foster father dies, he loses it. And he starts to target and murder people who are naughty and uh, need to be punished. And uh, gets caught by the police. And that's how we end up where we started at the psychiatric hospital. We see that he's killed the psychiatrist and he escapes, kills a Salvation Army Santa so he can have his suit, takes his Santa suit and goes to finish the job that Billy couldn't. Uh, and that's kill M- Mother Superior. And by George, he gets the job done. <laughs> uh, hards to the the hard way with an axe, and uh, and then gets gunned down by the cops, but probably not dead. And that's the end of Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. So we had to watch it. Mm. Uh, so, Alan, I'm curious. Did did you enjoy it? How did you feel about it? I. It's. I mean, I would where to start. Um, <laughs> it's it's. One of the worst five movies I've ever seen. Um, but At least it didn't God, get to number six. It, it might be number, but my gosh, the novelty of it! Like it yeah. was one. It was just one of those train wreck type movies where yeah. you have to watch it. You can't take your eyes off of it. No, it's like yeah, it's thoroughly it, enjoyable. Oh my gosh, the the performances in that thing are so incredible. Ricky's eyebrow work <laughs> yeah. is on point the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. And yeah. Todd, isn't there like a, a compilation or something <laughs> that people can Google? Just an to... eye... Yeah, just just Google eyebrow or uh, eyebrow montage, Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night. Oh, my gosh. It's... Yeah, it's it's strong. His yeah. eyebrow work yeah. is strong. And, and those are just the most obvious like the 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 you know the greatest examples of the eyebrow raises like yeah not, not every single one of them got into that cut so yeah you just have to watch the movie he never stops oh yeah. no no it's 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 a constant yeah. raising of the brow i'm gonna do yeah. do something that probably i'm gonna guess has never been done before but i'm gonna compare. we know six thousand points in laser tag <laughs> we have to move on <laughs> i'm gonna compare uh, Eric Freeman, the man that plays Ricky Caldwell. I'm going to compare Eric Freeman to uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Whoa! <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not shocked. That's that more controversial that than your sports take. <laughs> In the way that I can't look away from a Daniel Day-Lewis movie because he mesmerizes me. Eric Freeman gave me the same sensation. Like I couldn't stop watching the dude. It was, it was a very much the same type of thing where I just got hypnotized by it and couldn't stop watching his performance. You know, the quality is completely different. The the reason for that is completely different, but it was, it's, it's uh, hypnotizing. It just really, uh, I was enthralled by it. Yeah, no, you're right. Everything he did. Everything. Yeah. Every, Maybe want to watch him. Every single line, just like you said, he's working the eyebrows on every yeah. line. 
And I've never seen in any other movie ever the delivery delivery of yeah. each line exactly the same. The same <laughs> cadence, <laughs> same intonation on every line. It was amazing. And it, and 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 I can probably sing song it where it was just like every line is exactly that way everything's super condescending yeah yeah i feel like you know the director probably stops sometimes eric eric not enough eyebrows let's let's try this again eric eric okay here we go here we go yeah now now remember okay all right just get that all right i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready According, but, but, according but my line is, stuff can I go I to the read. bathroom? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. According, according, according to some of the stuff I read, the the director, uh, the guy that directed, was so busy setting up <laughs> shots and yeah. stuff. He said, "I did not honestly. I did not spend any time directing." <laughs> and this was this was uh, Eric's first feature. Well, um, and yeah. so we didn't have any time. He said. If I if I could do it over again, he said I would have probably I probably would have you know not worried about dolly shots and maybe had some <laughs> rehearsal time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but but now Eric, you know he's he said uh, he was getting a lot of direction from one of the producers who mm. was kind of you know like off to the side <laughs> and they would be doing takes and he would encourage Eric to go over the top. Yeah, no. Well, God bless say, all of them. Yeah, because they <laughs> yeah. they would try, you know, he would he would go for a specific kind of take, and the guy and the producers over there going crazier, more, more crazy. <laughs> uh, oh so, man! And 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 and, Air, and uh, Freeman himself has said, you know, um, look, I knew it, you know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't experienced, but I knew. That I, I knew that's not I knew what he was asking for wasn't what I should do, but I was just kind of you know I was yeah. intimidated and I really didn't know what to do, so I ended up just I gave them what they want uh-huh. wanted yeah. and um, and I mean that and you know because he said he said he said garbage day kind of kind of it's normal, amazing it's you know, one of the best lines in normal it. ways <laughs> but then they ended up taking the most over the top. Uh-huh. Which, take of which, garbage day which yeah. was absolutely the right call yeah right exactly no doubt yeah, yeah. Um, now that you see the finished product it's like you couldn't go with any other garbage day yeah take it's a work of art it really is and just let me say to uh to to throw a little bit of water on on eric freeman's assertion that that maybe it would have been better uh, had he gone with his own instincts of, of acting, I seen Eric Freeman. I, after I watched that, I had to watch an episode of uh, Divorce Court that he was on, which is oh wow, that completely scripted. And let me tell you, uh, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been, <laughs> wouldn't have been it wouldn't that, that much better. No. <laughs> oh well, man. Well, was, as, um, as mesmerizing as Ricky was, I, I got a I, man. Chip stole the show for me. <laughs> yeah, Chip, yeah. Chip, Chip was, was absolutely amazing, and also getting some some direction from that producer. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, <no right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Chip played the ex boyfriend of Ricky's now girlfriend at the time of of his shots, and my yes. goodness, the smugness on that yes. dude, and yeah. just over the, like just so 
he was like Johnny Lawrence on crack. Yeah. Like just so over the top on everything also. <laughs> uh, yes. I, man, I look forward. I couldn't stop smiling every time that dude was on the screen. No doubt about it. He was great in the, the, the platinum blonde hair. Yes. Oh, gosh. Bleach blonde. Yeah. In uh, a bad, a bad, a bad color job on the hair. But still, <laughs> it wouldn't have been the same if it wasn't bad. And it's very entertaining to see on IMDb which of the actors uh, <laughs> in this movie has a profile picture. Because uh, it ain't many. <laughs> so, like on the on the first page, it's only four people. And wow! And to give you a, an idea of what this movie is like, Chip is one of them. Yes. And uh, the first one is the guy that played Ricky at fifteen. <laughs> not even not even Eric wow. Freeman. And oh, let me man. let me let me talk about that because that was one of my points, and that is. The the scenes with Ricky at fifteen, obviously he's twenty two or older. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. yeah. That's, that's no joke. So he Ricky, looks older Ricky, than older Ricky. Yes, because Ricky, <laughs> yeah, Ricky, because Ricky at fifteen uh, is when his step his stepdad passes away, and he's at the funeral, and then he's walking around, and he you know he ends up running over a guy with his own jeep. Yeah, um, and <laughs> that this so this is Ricky at fifteen, the Ricky that Freeman plays is ricky at 18 uh and <laughs> Which, obviously his what are you thinking you know everything right. else has changed <laughs> completely in three years wow i mean um how many movies like you know people will give like a at least a 20 year birth yeah. between you know when you yeah. when you play the same character at different ages but three years apart and you're casting a different actor it's insane <laughs> there's three I, rickies I, there's ricky at 10 years old ricky at yeah. 15 and then regular ricky <laughs> and then there's Ricky at 18 slash 27. Right. So. <laughs> My goodness. But, but at the same time, it was nice because, you know, and, you know, R Ricky at 15, you know, you, you, you've got, you've got a more um, subtle performance from that guy. Um, and, you know, I mean, again, that was what the third not not and that's that's counting with flashbacks that's the third time we see uh a blouse ripped open <laughs> yeah. Lots at least three blouses ripped open similar. yeah 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 my, uh, this this movie traumatized my wife um <laughs> it's gonna take me some time to get to, <laughs> to make it up to her for making her spend her friday watching this <laughs> she's she's not a she's not a fan of uh force watch no <laughs> <laughs> not in this instance. She she was referred to it several times since as that soft core porn Todd made us watch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that um, sounds about right. <laughs> you compared Ricky to uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm going to compare him in voice only to another actor, but I'm pretty sure... Every menacing voice I've ever heard Vincent D'Onofrio do was exactly like Ricky going, Mother Superior! <laughs> yeah. It's dead on him. Yeah, all except for the kingpin for, uh, for some reason. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, <laughs> when he went super effeminate. Effeminate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, and I love how Mother Superior's address was 666. That was her street. Yes, right. Like any yeah. nun would agree to live in a house. <laughs> That is yeah. six six six. Yeah, that was that was so awesome. <laughs> Can I tell you all my favorite line from the movie? 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I had to stop it so that I could so I could write this down. So the <laughs> the psychiatrist tells Ricky that he's he's seems very paranoid, mm. and Ricky says, "Yeah, you you tend to get paranoid when everyone around you gets dead." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a great line. There's I, there are a few he says to the the psychiatrist that are yeah just money. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, my favorite scene, I think, is probably I love well anything with Chip, but that, but probably because of Chip. But uh, the 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 scene in the the obvious large multiplex movie theater that they're watching a movie in. Oh yeah, um, that's got the uh, uh, soundproof yeah, right. wall, and yeah. uh, you got the you got the goober with the spiked hair in the background. That was obviously he, who is, probably a grip, and also taking direction from said producer. <laughs> Right, yeah. yeah. And then the, his little uh, mustache gimp over there by him not doing anything, just no. staring ahead. Yeah, yeah just kind of looking looking every time he talks to him yeah. and then throws popcorn up in the air. Yeah. And, what an and awesome, you, amazing, perfect, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> archetype for the, the guy that's bothering right. you. In the... Right. <laughs> oh, man. And I experienced yeah. all of those in John Wick. <laughs> Well, um, I, I don't think it's going to be surprising to anyone when I tell you all that uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is a solid 0%. <laughs> is, that, um, is that critic? That's critics. Okay. Users is 30%. I'll give it a positive review if I ever get on there and do yeah, it. Yeah, Because it's awesome. It is. They, they need a special <clears throat> category on there for it's, they they really it's so bad it's good. Yeah, they really do because there there are so many films, most of which are probably seventies, eighties, that would yep. fit right in there. Um, you know, there's some sixties too, obviously, but man, the seventies, eighties was just a heyday for stuff like this, where people had money for all the wrong reasons. People were giving people money that you know, hey, you know, and the the director said, I think he said, um, they get they had a hundred thousand was the budget on Silent Night Deadly Night two. <laughs> wow. And in '87, that's a pretty decent budget for that movie, especially when half of it is just used just footage from the first movie. (laughs) Exactly. When you're only shooting 40 minutes of original footage. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I mean, yeah. And and the thing is, um, I think the guy that you know, Eric Freeman, uh, is trying to drum up interest to do a direct sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Um, with with you know him again in the lead, um, and he's written a script. And if you go if you you go, if you do a Google search on YouTube or YouTube search uh, for Silent Night Deadly Night Two sequel or something, there's it's obviously <laughs> it's obviously Eric Freeman, but he's got like a hat on and sunglasses, and he's pretending to be somebody else, and he says. Um, yeah, Roman here. Uh, Eric Freeman just let me re- read the script for the uh, the direct sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, and let me just say it's awesome. <laughs> and um, and he's obviously, you know, it's obviously Eric Freeman wow. sitting there. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect. Which makes it so much better. Oh, yeah, it really you, does. You know, done anyway. And so I, you know, that was a, maybe a year or two ago. So I don't know where everything stands, but. Um, you know, could, could, could this, could you make 
something that would even live be close to the spirit of the of that original bad one. No. So no. I don't know. I don't think and the so. thing is this isn't the end this isn't the end of that story. There's actually Silent Night, Deadly Night Three, which was direct to video, didn't get any theatrical play, I don't think. Uh, but there was a third one, and and I don't know exactly. I, I can't understand the the logic, but you know, you should not even think about logic when you're thinking about Silent Night, Deadly Night. But the third movie uh, has Ricky in it, uh, but he is he's like in a hospital, and he now. <laughs> His um, the top of his head, there's like a glass bowl around the top of his head and his exposed brain is in the top of it. (laughs) And then he escapes from the hospital and goes after a blind girl Um, and Robert Raper. Well, I don't know if that happens or not. And then it's not it's not true to the spirit. Well, let's 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 save all the part three goodness for another day. (laughs) For whenever you win the next game. Yeah, (laughs) and it's happening, by the way. (laughs) All right. Well, we didn't uh, we didn't gamble on anything last week because there really wasn't anything coming out that we felt worthy of our time. Um, So we don't have a winner. We don't have anything to force watch. But we are going to gamble on a movie this week, so that next week when we get together, uh, somebody gets to somebody gets to pick a little something. So the movie we picked for this week, The Great Wall, starring Matt Damon, mm-hmm. uh, a movie shrouded in controversy. Um, so Todd, since you won the last game, you get to choose what it is we're going to try to guess for The Great Wall, be it the uh, Rotten Tomato score, the IMDb Meta score. Uh, Box office first weekend. The, the, I'm gonna say I'm gonna the say green opening, light is yours, buddy. I'm gonna say opening weekend box office. That's okay. Fri- that's Friday, Friday through Sunday. That uh, I guess would also include any Thursday night showings. Uh, but yeah, that's opening night, opening weekend bo- box office. <laughs> okay. And you won, so you have to go first. Mm. Well. <clears throat> I'm going to say. By the way, uh, a budget of 150 million dollars to make this movie. Okay. 150. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. <coughs> I. I just. I'm gonna say 17. 17. 17 dollars. Yep. Because because uh, I heard because I heard. Uh, I heard Pacino was in it. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and add a couple of zeros and commas to the end of that. Uh, okay, you said 17. 150 was the budget. Is that what you said, yeah. Scott? Yes, 150. Golly, um, it's Matt Damon. He'll get. He'll get some folks in there. I think he's still a draw. I'm gonna go. Todd's won with two straight weeks picking 27. So I'm picking 27 million. <laughs> He's Keep in it. mind, this is February. Yeah. Take it, <laughs> taking your number and, from you, Todd. Yeah, he, and, he didn't and, take it, so somebody has to. And Valentine's Day. I don't know if, if, if Great Wall is a Valentine's Day weekend. And how much, true. How much but, did, did you say, Todd? He's at 17. Okay. But Deadpool was Valentine's Day. Um. And John Wick too, I think, is doing well, and it it was a February release. So anyway, 
Just a couple of trends that are getting bucked every now and then. I'm going to prices right him, and I'm going to go 18. Wow. So I have the best shot of winning this. Todd, you have. No, I think I guess Scott has the least chance statistically. <laughs> what, because we're not playing prices right rules because we changed that? <laughs> right, yeah. 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 yeah, so statistically, you only have about a, a $10 million range there. Um, I've got anything up 27 or above, so you all get ready. i got a good one lined up if we get to watch one. But anyway. <laughs> I hope it's right. not Deadly Night 3. It's not. All right. Mm. So there it is. There's the game that, <clears throat> that we like to call Force Watch. Force Watch. Until we, until we come up with something better. So anyway. Um, guys, I think that'll do it. I think that's an episode. We covered a lot of ground today. But Y'all specifically, ready to get out of here? specifically, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is a must-see as long as you don't have little kids. Do, do yourselves a favor. Please watch that movie. Yeah. Un- unless you're the people that were at John Wick that had a four-year-old. Right. Yes. You'll you just, you yeah. people you yeah. people need to figure it yeah. out. You stay away from it. You'll just be walking through your life after after you see it and like, you know, just day to day like who wants a turkey sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man. He he's uh I'm telling <laughs> you, there there there's a lot that can be learned from Ricky. There is. A lot. Um and, and let me say too, I think I believe it, and it was a theatrical release. I think it made um, in a couple of weeks a um, hundred and I think it ended up one hundred and fifty four thousand, which <laughs> it was its total total wow. take home. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they cleared their budget, so yeah, they sure enough did, and that's 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 really what that's what they that's what they care the most about. That's right, so. That's right. All right. Well, y'all ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's 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 bid adieu to all the loyal fans. Again, thank you all for listening uh, and sharing, and be sure to get on the iTunes. <clears throat> Click through. Give us a few stars. We will appreciate it. For Scott Stafford, Todd Sheen, this is Alan Martin reminding you to walk softly and talk hard. Well, I hope you come to see me in the and I know that you will plainly see Biggest fool that's ever hit the big time And all I gotta do is act naturally Here is this 2014 Super Bowl versus World Cup 111.5 million Sounds uh, like a lot Super Bowl 909.6 million on the, on the World Cup how much? 909.6. Gosh, I was even going to say, well, you have to divide it by four because it's every four years to make it fair. Yeah, this is number of, viewers, number of viewers who watched at least one minute of the World Cup final. God, that's nuts. Yeah. That is a nutso number of people. So now you're on board. No. No. <laughs> We have to get better at the world's game. You have to get better. I'm fine knocking each other out with gladiator helmets on.